SEC starts a lot more conference play now. Peter Burns, the SEC Network, joins me. I'm Ryan Brown. Welcome in, Burnsy. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing actually. I'm doing better than Chris Doring was this morning on our show. Like he was like had the case literally the case of the SEC Mondays where he was like, oh. "We all suck. We're terrible. The Pac-12 is better than us. The ACC better than us. Like we were gonna have to fold as a conference. Like we're you know." Um, so I talked him off the ledge, but. Uh, we're doing all right. It's we're live. Yeah. We're talking college football. It could be worse things to do. Yeah, absolutely. It could be worse things to do. There's no doubt about that. Of course, the burnout presented by mybookie.ag code next round. When you sign up at mybookie.ag, get that sign on bonus plus uh, get a chip for a limited time to that mybookie casino right now. They've got the parlay deal. You play a three leg parlay, you hit those first two legs. You don't want to sweat out a San Jose State late night game. You cash that thing out and use it again. Mybookie.ag code next round for that sign on bonus. Mybookie.ag. Code next round. All right, let's start right off the top. Topic number one: Can Missouri football. Out? Missouri football. Let's talk about Missouri. Let's. I know everybody's just. It's the big topic. I mean, it's leading get up at Sports Center. It's Vanderbilt <laughs> losing to Wake. Uh, yeah, I mean, we can dive into it. Eastern Kentucky giving yes, Kentucky yes. a run for their money. I mean, the, I, I know the leads. Yeah, I, I, I don't see any of those right there. Can we panic now? We weren't going to panic last week when it was right. just North Carolina beating South Carolina and. LSU didn't look good against Florida State and Florida mm-hmm. lost Utah. We weren't going to panic because yeah. Alabama, they would save the conference next week. They're going to beat Texas and the world will be right. And Texas and yeah. they're going to go down and they're going to beat Miami and everybody will shut up about how the SEC is playing in all these non-conference games. And all of a sudden, none of those things have happened. Yeah, it's almost like, hey, all of a sudden you're at recess and you start getting picked on. You're like, wait, just wait till my big brother gets here. Like you are going to like, you know, you'll, you'll have to deal with my big brother once he gets here. And then Alabama shows up and then Texas just get, punches him right in the in the mouth. And I think that was the craziest part about the whole situation, Brownie, was that it felt like out, Alabama got out Alabama in that game. Yeah. Right. Like it was everything that we've come to understand Nick Saban football um, to be which is multiple really good defense in your face, making teams want to quit. That's what Texas did to Alabama in T-Town. I think that's why everybody was so shocked by it. You know, I mean, um, I mean, it's been a decade of, of underperforming for Texas and for them to give, you know, Alabama a run for their money last year, where I think it kind of came out of, you know, not nowhere, but I think a lot of fans were like, all right, it's Texas, we're Bama, here it is. But I think, I mean, every Alabama fan – Texas had their attention this year, and they're like, all right, we're just going to take it to you. We're going to make your ass quit. And that's rarely the case uh, when I see, uh, you know, against a Nick Saban-led team, especially at home. So a lot of people point back to 2015. Alabama mm-hmm. loses game three to Ole Miss, Hugh Freeze and Ole Miss. Alabama turned it over five times. It was this weird game, Peter. It was yeah. a late-night ESPN kick. I think, the, I think the scheduled kick time was 8.30. And there was a delay, of course, game before it and all that. I don't think it kicked to like 8.45, 9 o'clock. So it went deep into the night. The game lasted forever. Mm-hmm. Crazy plays. Bama turned it over five times. They lost in that game. There were quarterback questions. And mm-hmm. Alabama started Cooper Bateman. And he did not perform well, so they go to Jake Coker. You know the rest of the story. Coker takes right. over, and they wouldn't lose again, and they win a national championship. So there are a lot of Alabama fans that point back to that, but then they also in the same breath say, this just does not feel the same. Um, Now, I would suggest maybe that's because this team doesn't have Derrick Henry and that one did, but why would this not feel the same as 2015 for Alabama? I'm not seeing it. It it, it feels vaguely the same. And I think the difference is, is I, I go back and look at every single one of those Alabama losses, and it's crazy, like, 
Alabama has been so good under Saban. You legitimately can go, remember that loss? Remember that loss? Like, like because it cuts through, right? Like, it, it's, it's monumental when you see Alabama lose. But I think when you go back and look at how they've lost in the past, whether it's 2015, I don't know, was that Chad Kelly? Like, I don't, I don't remember, or Bo Wallace? Yeah. I can't remember Chad who, Kelly. The, yeah. who the quarterback yeah. was. It always seemed like there was this, like, unbelievable – quarterback play and quirky stuff that happened and man Manzel just you know caught the fumble and, and threw a touchdown like all this random stuff happens but like the reason why 2015 seems a little different than this year is that that was just Texas coming out there and forcing their will upon Alabama like there was no like oh this is just luck or they got some you know a lucky tip ball here and there like Texas dominated in pretty much all facets I mean was there a was there a facet of the game, Brownie, when you looked at it that you said if I had to give, you know, if I was scoring in boxing, that I gave the round towards Alabama in, in, in any position group? I don't no. I don't know if there was, including no. coaching, right? I mean, like, that's crazy to me that they were whipped on every single side of, of that matchup. So that's the only reason why I have a little bit of pause of saying it's 2015. Now there is the chicken little aspect of it of, Oh my God, the dynasty's over and, and blah, blah, blah. You're going to get that. It's chicken little. I mean, Georgia fans feel that because they had a scoreless first quarter against ball state, right? Like we, that's just sec fans being sec fans. But I think the truth lies somewhere in between. And I, I don't know about you, but anytime that I see coach Saban have one of those pressers to where he's calm, it's rational, He's, he's not animated. He's not it, it. It's almost like he knows exactly what this team is, and they yeah. need to be coached up. They need to be loved up, and he's not upset. He just wants them to get better, as opposed to teams where he knew that they were going to whip somebody's ass, and then he gets upset if they don't end up um, executing correctly. Yeah, two things. The only place I would have given Alabama an edge there might be on special teams Unfortunately for Alabama, they had a better punter, and Alabama punted a lot, so you saw that. And I think Reichard's a better kicker than Auburn, but that's really close. I mean, you know, Auburn missed field goal. Yeah. Reichard was 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 spot on. So, yeah, I mean, to your point. But, but all of that said, all of that said, Alabama took the lead to the fourth quarter. I mean, the, 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 you gave up twenty-one I, points in the fourth quarter. Like this was, yeah. this was the whole idea about. We heard what was what's the famous saying? Make their ass quit. Yep. Right. Like, yep. you know, in, in, and I, when I look at this and I go, that just didn't happen. And I, and I went back and I thought, started thinking about it. All right. When, when did we kind of see this kind of, you know, the, the armor wasn't as shiny on, on Alabama. And I start going through it. I was like, was it a coordinator change? Was it this? Or was it that? And I started thinking about it. Well, when did Georgia get really good? All of a sudden, Scott Cochran was a part of that staff. And I don't yeah. know how much a part of that was the mentality, the fourth quarter program, the toughness, the physicality. But I think when you go back and look at it, the most important recruit that Kirby Smart ever landed was not a player. I think it was a coach and the mentality of Scott Cochran when he took him from Tuscaloosa to Athens. Yeah, I mean, and there were a lot of people that that panicked. I mean, Alabama has lost assistants and coordinators all the time. Yeah. I mean, they, and I would say that's kind of what you want, right? You want coaches that other coaches want. That means they've been successful. Or other schools want as their head coach. That means they've been successful. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I rarely did I see panic over a departing staff member like I saw over Scott Cochran. And Alabama yeah. has they, – they've changed their approach in that a couple times after Scott Cochran has left. So, yeah, yeah. You, you do wonder, is it, is it the same? 
But I hear all the time how Alabama's got this massive offensive line. They're all over 350 pounds, and you know they're it's yeah. bigger than an NFL offensive line. But it's not winning. They're they're not winning their battles. I mean, Middle Tennessee's Middle Tennessee. They didn't win their battles mm-hmm. Saturday night against Texas. Texas defensive line dominated that game. Crushed them. I mean, and and yep. and I mean, you go back and look at it. That was that was the weird part about this whole deal. Is because I felt in the past rarely do you have, and we brought this up the last couple of weeks in the burnout. Is that at SEC media days, we heard a lot of Alabama kind of bravado, right? Like J.C. Latham's like, hey, we're going to win the Joe Moore Award, and we're upset, and we're pissed off. we got a chip on our shoulder, and we want to go undefeated. Like, rarely do you hear that out of Alabama. It's very subdued. We're like, they don't even say anything, right? But this year, I kind of stood up, and I was like, oh, okay. And then I started looking at what transpired over on Saturday night where they got whooped by the Longhorns and the lines of scrimmage, and I'm like, was it false bravado? Was it like them trying to convince themselves? Because I never heard that from 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 Alabama. So I don't know. It's it's just a it's things are rotten in the state of Denmark right now. And in 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 Tuscaloosa, that is a weird spot to be. But then what does the rest of the SEC look like? Right. I mean, we're talking about this storyline right yep. there. I can't do it on the right here. Yep, can we, there, pan, there, there can we panic awesome. now? Yep. Who else who else looks and seems great right now in this conference. I mean, everybody outside of probably Georgia, who still has maybe kind of small question marks, is a big question mark this year. Well, I mean, and that's the thing about Georgia, and we're about to talk about who you trust nationally, and Georgia would fall into that. If you approach it, which I know from us talking, you do, like your national champion, you're number one until you get beat, then you yeah. trust Georgia, right? But if you yeah. if you try to flush everything, if you really legitimately just try to say every season has a life of its own, Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pay attention to what Georgia's done the last two years. You look at what Georgia's done the first two weeks, and you're like, I don't know. I mean, they've yeah, played two what, nobodies, and they've, they've been a little sloppy in the first half against those two nobodies. Yeah, but then they also – I mean, like and – I, and I hear it, and I see it with my own eyes. Um, but, I mean, again, the, the, the amount of tweets that we were getting on, on stu- in studio when we were doing the first quarter of that game, which was yeah. hashtag fire Bobo and what's oh, going oh. on and bring Todd Munkin back and his Kirby, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, bro, you sound exactly like Alabama fans did for the last decade, okay? Like, relax. And then guess what? They put on 31 points, and then it's no longer an issue. So, you know, I I think the idea of ripping Georgia and saying they don't look good because, hey, I think they've had vanilla offenses the first couple of weeks is like also complaining about, like, the gas mileage you get and, you know, and how fuel efficient your Bentley is right now. Like, (laughs) It's you're fine. It's still 40 point victories back to back where you are kind of working on who you who you have. I mean, for them, they have an NFL roster and they have an NFL like preseason schedule until coming up this week and they face South Carolina. All right. Uh, the burnout presented each week by MyBookie.ag. Code next round when you sign up there at MyBookie.ag to get that sign on bonus. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.ag. Also, Roback brings you the show. Great apparel. Bernsey wears it. We wear it. We love Roback. TNR20 and check out to save 20% on all the rowback gear. The pullovers are so soft. They're fantastic. The golf shirts are great. Great golf gear and hats and pullovers and hoodies and all of that at rowback. Roback.com. I like the quarter zips too. I have a closet full of quarter zips. They should uh, sign an and Roback should sign an NIL deal with Texas AM right now and says our hoodies are softer than AM secondary. That should be the tagline, and that should be the NIL deal. Can you imagine, like, Roback just offers every single part of A&M secondary. A, if you thought our um, uh, our hoodies were soft, 
watch this film. I mean, I mean, like, let's get creative on name, image, and likeness. Why does it have to be like we want you? Like, that's right. Off yeah. from yeah, off from the deal. Why not? Yeah, Roback.com, uh, code TNR20, and check out to save 20% on your first order. All right, let's move on. Who do you trust? Let's 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 look at this globally. Let's talk whoa, about whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. Wait, I, I know we got to get to that, but like we don't have to do anything. That. Okay. Jalen Milrow, how we feel? Right. We good like we I, look, here's the thing. Um Jalen Milrow was starting his third game. Mm-hmm. It was against Texas, by far and away the best team he has played as a starter. So, or as a player, you know, he came in in relief against Arkansas. He started against uh, Texas A&M. This Texas team, I think they're a legitimate. I have no problem. In fact, yeah. I'd have them ranked higher than four. Okay. Um, so he's starting his his third game, and so you've got that. He's still an inexperienced starter. Um, he's struggling to read the defenses. That's obvious. And a lot of times in that first half, he was one read and run. Mm -hmm. Um, but okay. So that's all him. All right. Now add to that, the fact that his offensive line is not protecting him. He's got pass rushers coming from everywhere. Uh, his backs aren't particularly good at protecting their quarterback. So now you're not getting help from your backs stoning the blitzers. Right. Right. Um, he's got inexperienced wide receivers. He's in separation. That's right. (laughs) He himself is inexperienced. And then you add to all that. He's got a center now that struggles to snap him the football. So it's like you've got all that on your plate, and now I'm nervous every time the snap comes because I don't know if it's going to get to me. Like how many times, you know, when you got a center and quarterback that are in rhythm, mm-hmm. you never want the quarterback to take the eye off the snap, but he knows it's going to be right there, right? Like I may not right. have to keep my eyes on it because I know it's going to hit me where it's supposed to hit me. Well, all of a sudden now, and do you, you remember um, us old guys remember a guy named Homer Smith, offensive coordinator. I don't know if you remember Homer Smith. Yeah, I, mean, I remember the name. Yep. Yeah, he used to hate his quarterback. He he liked his quarterbacks under center because his belief was the defense tips their hand most in about the first second half of the play. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the shotgun, you miss that watching the ball come into your hands. Fair. The ball hits your hands. Then you look up and you see the defense. So he liked his quarterback being under center so he could get the snap. And as he dropped back, he sees what the defense is doing. I always found that fascinating for me. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting. I hadn't heard that that, but but def- makes a whole lot of sense. And I, now I go back and look at it too. Um, is about like the demeanor of of Saban every time that they would cut to you know I mean the directors they know after a bad pass or after something they're oh, gonna yeah. go on Saban because they're like give me the Saban cam like is he pissed he's whatever. I never saw him flustered, and it was almost like yeah. I mean that's just kind of what we thought would happen. Like I mean teams don't. They don't believe that Milrow can make the reads or adjustments. And I'm sure Alabama knew that, right, going into it. And it's almost like he's resigned resigned to the fact of, like, listen, this is what's going to happen all season long. we got to find ways to get around it at some point. So um, I'm just kind of curious of how that plays. I mean, I know Saban was asked about it. He said, hey, I thought about making a change. But then, you know, of course, Milrow comes out and scores. Um, you know, they, I, God, God bless the souls of, of South Florida Bulls this weekend who have to deal with the brunt of, you know, hell hath no fury, like an Alabama team scorned, like <laughs> Coming off loss. literally, yeah. oh my God. I mean, like that, like what LSU did to Grambling, it feels like yeah. what, what Bama's about to do to South Florida this week. All right. Yeah. But we talked about this. So what do you do? I mean, like, do you get a good look at Buckner and Simpson against South Florida? Or do you realize, okay, this could be a get right game to get Jalen's mind back right Get him some time, you know, where he's not constantly under pressure to try to build some rhythm with these receivers before you move into conference play. I mean, how do you play that one? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's just I don't know enough about the the mental makeup of these quarterbacks, right? Or you know, wh- whoever it is, I don't know. Um, like we saw when Anthony Richardson struggled at Florida, sometimes mentally he would come out in a post game press conference and say, "Man, I didn't have it. I, like I yeah. let everybody down," and you could tell by his body language. I remember uh, you know seeing clips of Jalen Milrow post game, and he couldn't have been more buttoned up, asked yeah. uh, answered every question like as as cool of a cat as possible so you know, I think that's more of like for Alabama to look at and go hey listen if we go ahead and give other guys a look are we gonna lose Milrow I don't think that's the case like I from all accounts Milrow is like a mentally physically strong guy who just doesn't have the grasp with his offense quite yet which is I mean listen no fault um you know I mean it's hard to be a quarterback and especially at that level especially after what Alabama has done over the last couple of seasons. So I would go give somebody else a look. If for no other reason, then you know, hey, listen, if I hit the three wood and I shank it out or I, I rope hook it, okay, I, I, gotta, I can't use that club, right? Let's just yeah, go back right. to the driver. Like, let's go back to Jalen Milrow as QB. Yeah, I will say this. Uh, if you want to reference back to 2015, um, when they played Ole Miss, they started Cooper Bateman, Alabama did, in that game instead of Coker, and they realized in that game, okay, we screwed this up. They go back to Coker. He finishes the season with a national championship. And for and haven't talked to Coker. He's a, he's you know part of our team here now. He does some shows with us. And he was like, you know, that when I went back as the starter, you know, I realized, okay, this is my team. I cannot let them down. They're de- wholly dependent on me. It's no shot at Cooper Bateman. Yeah. But it just told him they're they're not gonna pull me again because it didn't work the first time, right? So yeah. you never know if you're Milrow, like if if Simpson or Lonergan or Buckner or whoever gets a bunch of snaps at South Florida and that doesn't work then maybe that is him saying, okay, I really, this is my team now. Mm-hmm. They're wholly dependent on me. There is nothing behind me that's going to work. I have to make this work. You just yeah, never know. I, I mean, like you said, it's a mental game. You don't know. And, and and they'll know it better. I mean, the last thing on the Bama deal is that, you know, everybody wants to, you know, laugh at it. And I understand because Bama had been the gold standard up until last year of, of college football when, when that now resides in Athens. But like people kind of dancing on the grave of Alabama football is like, I still don't see them losing two games this season. I think that they yeah. have enough talent to go in at 11 and one. Now that may say more about the SEC not being as strong. And the other thing too, is like the dynasty and the legend of Nick Saban and Alabama football is not over until people stop caring about beating Alabama. Like nobody cared that Duke beat Clemson, right? Like it was like, Oh yeah, man, look at that. Okay. It wasn't celebrated. It wasn't like talked about on the front part of Sports Center. It was like, all right, Dabo's struggling right now. Like that's the end of a dynasty. Like they were celebrating in Austin, like oh. jumping into the fountains and chanting SEC. Yeah. Like until it's no longer a big deal to beat Alabama, you're still a, a dynasty. Yeah. And the celebration inside Ryan Day was like they had just won the conference. I mean, and, and I yeah. don't blame them. I don't blame them. That was a massive win for them. I mean, Lance made the point in the show today, and this is crazy to think about. If Sark loses that game, if Texas loses that game, I think Sark's overall record at Texas is 15 and 14. If he loses that game, he's a 500 coach. Now, he's still a 500 coach, roughly. Yeah. But he's got to win in Tuscaloosa, and it just changes the whole outlook now, right? Well, I mean, ask Jimbo Fisher that, right? Yep. If Jimbo doesn't go and beat Alabama a couple of years ago, I mean, what what ends up happening? Yep. I, like, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, and of course, being 500 in, in college football is good. You might get you a contract extension if you ask Jimbo. Like, that worked out pretty well for Jimbo Fisher on that <laughs> he's, deal. He's, yeah, he's fine either way. Uh, don't forget, uh, Alabama, about a 31-point favorite to open up down at South Florida. Lance's has all those plays every single weekend of college football. In fact, throughout the week, 
Monday night football, Thursday night football, uh, all the Saturday and Sunday games right there at lanceslike.com. They've got uh, daily packages, weekly packages, monthly packages, full season packages, and it is well worth your time. Lanceslike.com, another winning football weekend. He's coming off of, and he'll give you another one next weekend at lanceslike.com. All right, so who do you trust? We just <laughs> talked about Alabama. It may still be Alabama. So when you look in the top 10 and you see Georgia and Michigan and Texas and mm-hmm. Florida State and Ohio State and Alabama is still there, uh, who do you trust? Who do you trust, actually? I, I mean, I still, obviously, because of the the way the defense has looked, and, and yes, I mean, Carson Beck has not looked great world-beater-wise, but they didn't ask him to be a world-beater yet. I still trust Georgia as, you know, as, as the, the, the heavy favorite right now in the SEC. The thing is, I really haven't seen Ohio State been pressed anybody. Michigan hasn't played, you know, anybody really. You nope. know, I mean, Texas and Florida State, I mean, have given us by far the two best performances, and they earned that. That, that wasn't fluke wins. That was beating an SEC team's ass. And so I trust them at that point. You can only go with what your eyes have told you. The problem is, even with Ole Miss um, beating Tulane, you know, when you when you're down 17 to seven, and I know Lane's called Tulane an, an SEC team, right? I mean, no. technically they were back in the day. <laughs> yes, um, I mean, for Lane's great grandparents, they were. Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, but you know, still that doesn't feel like there there was enough of kind of angst early in that game when they were down 17 seven. I mean, they poured it on, but finished the season, finished the game, outscoring them 30 to three. But that didn't feel like there was enough issues there where I still like Alabama over Ole Miss coming up in a, in a couple of weeks. And I saw Tennessee kind of play with their food against Austin P. Like the downfield passing attack for Joe Milton and the Vols just hasn't connected quite yet. So I don't trust anybody I know. right now, right? I mean, it's like one of these murder mystery theater dinners that you go and you're like, I have no freaking clue here in the first 45 minutes. Like, who did it? Like, no yeah. And see, that's the thing. Like, if you're one of these fan bases, if you're an LSU fan or an Alabama fan, and you're like, oh, my gosh, we've, we've already lost a game. We're not even through week two. I thought we were going to mm-hmm. contend for the national championship. And you start scanning the landscape, and you're like, yeah, a lot of people got warts now, man. I mean, yeah. this, this is far from a, a, a issue. And here, here's what I think it is. Alabama has lost. Clemson has lost. They're out of the top 25. Ohio State has looked really, really human, especially the quarterback spot. I mean, those are three teams. Georgia is also in this mix, but they're winning. Those are three teams over the last five, six, seven years you could absolutely depend on. They've all, you know, either lost or looked really, really shaky in wins. So the natural thing now is to start saying, I really don't know who I can trust. I guess I can still trust Georgia. They're there. Maybe Michigan has earned my trust, though those two teams have not really been tested yet. But I'm not even sure if I could still trust Texas or Florida State or Washington or USC or any of those teams. Well, you know what it sounds like? It almost sounds like how we've looked at the NFL over the last 20 years, right? Like Roger Goodell and the way that free agency works and the salary cap has built the league whose biggest feature is everybody's got a chance. Any given Sunday, anything can happen, right? And a lot of that has to do with players swapping places, right? Free agency. We've got that in, in in college football now between name, image, likeness, and the transfer portal. So I wonder how much of that is, hey, listen, do you want to be a third stringer over at Alabama and wait your turn? Or do you want to come play immediately at Duke? Or do you want to come play immediately here where we have a need? Like, I, I'm, you know, I, I think part of that, and I don't think it's a lot, but I think that, you know, if all of a sudden 10 to 12% of your roster filters down to other places, 
that's that's going to hurt you. And I don't know. I think that's early returns to figure out if that's what the issue is right now. Um, but it's it seems to be affecting everybody right now outside of Georgia. Yeah, I mean, I really think it is. But, I mean, it is just so interesting when you watch these games and watch massive contributors like Adonai Mitchell for uh, Texas. I mean, the former Georgia receiver who's owned Alabama at times, there he is having another big game against Alabama. And you're like, you know, three or four years ago, that kid, he's sitting out this year, right? He's not even right. eligible for them. Yeah, and, and and he can play. I mean, you yeah. know, Bear Alexander was on the on the defensive line. I mean, he practically almost was a starter on that D-line last year. And now he goes to USC. And, and he plays extremely well. So, again, I think some of that player movement uh, goes on. Now, as far as the trust and can we panic, I want to – last thing on this, like what's happening at A&M is borderline unacceptable, Brownie, and I, I just can't – and, I mean, I guess it's my fault for thinking it's going to be different. You know, it's kind of like, you know, I keep telling my kid that, hey, I think today's the day he's going to be potty trained and he's going to poop on the potty and then he continues to just poop in his diaper. Like that's on me for actually believing that things have changed. And – I mean, you got all the facilities, you got all the recruits, you've got the NIL laws, you've got the recruiting rankings, like all of it. You got your new offensive coordinator, you got a great stadium, all of it, and yet we're still at square one. Like, is AM any better under Jimbo Fisher than they were with Kevin Sumlin? I, I don't know if I can answer that question in, in, in yet six years down the road. Yeah, the record says they're not. I mean, I think if you look right. at their record at this point in each tenure, I think Sumlin is still tracking in front of him. Um, and I mean, the, the record just says, no, that it is not a better situation now than it was under Kevin Sumlin. And I mean, mm-hmm. it's trending down. I, 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 I don't know what to make of that game Saturday at, at, at Miami. I know they were completely outclassed, especially in the second half. I think the number is Miami closed that game on like a 41 to 16 run or something like that. And that just, that doesn't even compute. Yeah, I mean, it was the secondary was atrocious. I mean, I thought Connor Wegman was okay, but there was just no explosive plays. And again, like from, you know, and, and it just, it's not so necessarily it's Miami, but in the fact of it's kind of like a 65% full stadium, it's crystal ball, like getting guys in and then punking you. Like, I just, yeah. I, I don't, I don't get it whatsoever. And, and again, we keep going back to it, but had you been in a different situation, the, Contract extension for Jimbo Fisher continues to be one of the most puzzling decisions that has been made throughout college football outside of the Mel Tucker, um, uh, you know, contract, which is a whole different ball of wax of like, why did you put yourself in this position? Um, and yet, I mean, that's that's what you're going to have to deal with. And, you know, for 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 the near future, at least weren't they both LSU related? Uh, I, I know Jimbo, he leveraged the LSU opening. Mm-hmm to get mm-hmm. his deal or the fear of an LSU opening. And I think Mel Tucker pretty much did the same thing, right? Is that like, yeah. hey, look, if Ed Orgeron is fired, you know, I've, I've coached there before. I've got the obvious, I'm the obvious guy. So I think, I think LSU's Jimmy opening. Sexton. Think, Jimmy Sexton yeah, is, un, yeah. is undefeated. I mean, yeah. like there's lawyers and there's Jimmy Sexton. And those are the <laughs> only two people that have never probably lost anything in their whole life. Those two. <laughs> there's no doubt. I mean, this, this whole Texas a thing is wild though. And you're right. It's like, I, I, it's going to be p- difficult for me to put this in words, but when you watch a Miami game, and I am a Miami Dolphins fan, obviously, right? They're playing in my team stadium, but that's a pro team. And I watch a Miami game, and Miami's band is like this hundred-piece band, and they're just they're spread out in the individual seats, and it it just doesn't. It looks like a, it just looks like so low rent. And then they show the stands, and they're maybe sixty percent full for an right. SEC team. 
They had buy one, get one tickets to get into that game. You bought that ticket. You got a ticket for like the Georgia Tech game later right. this year. It's like you're losing to a low-rent program, and maybe Cristobal is, is building them back up. But it, it's the restaurant that used to be the best restaurant in town, and now it's just all run down, and it gets a bad health rating. And that's who you're losing to. And I'm like, we're, we're, we're the high-end restaurant. We're the steakhouse, yeah. man. We're, we're, we're the ones that we, we built the new, the new steakhouse. We serve with the finest silver. We've got the best tablecloths and napkins. We should yeah. be the dominant restaurant, and we just lost to an almost out of business Denny's. I mean, what's going yeah. on? Uh, a Shoney's, yeah, you know, like Shoney's. Yes. You know, they're still around in the, in the in the South. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I, again, I I started doing the math, and I'm like, if the contract extension didn't happen in College Station, right, this would be like year six or seven under Jimbo at seven and a half million a year yeah. because that's basically what it was like you're looking at like a high 20s 30 million dollar buyout if you decided to go that route i'm not saying that they need to fire them i'm just saying it would have been a feasible option at, at, at that point now you're looking at it that you know for no apparent reason um that you you, you know you put yourself in a situation where you still you would know oh like 75 million or 80 million dollars if you try to get out of that contract so and how much onus is that put on jimbo fisher if I know, hey man, I, doesn't matter what you do, I'm gonna get my bag. I'm gonna get paid. Yeah. Like, is there is there onus? I think there is because he's a competitive guy. But at a certain point, like things that look like they're gonna make sense on paper, i.e., Scott Frost in Nebraska, just just don't plan out. Well, and the weird thing is, you know, it, it, it looks like maybe they hit one, although Wegman, you know, wasn't fantastic and didn't travel as well as it was at Kyle Field against New Mexico, mm -hmm. but. When it looks like they've got their offense stringed out a little bit and they finally have found some rhythm with Bobby Petrino there, now all of a sudden is the defense falling apart? I mean, it kind of yeah. takes us back to, you know, topic number one, can we panic now? If I if I am a fan of, of Texas A&M, am I panicked about D.J. Durkin's defense? Because they got completely worked by Miami. Yeah, I, I just don't think – I don't think A&M fans feel panic any longer. They're They're resigned. If, if, no, that, if that sad. makes any yeah. sense to me, I think A and M yeah. fans sit there and just go, "It's it, I'm almost apathetic to what is happening." Like Bam fans are pissed today. Even Georgia fans, even though they're undefeated, they're upset because they don't think the offense is good. LSU fans are upset about what happened against FSU. I think A and M fans, it's almost like a, bro, I just got to walk away. I just got like I, I need a I need a sports walk right now because it's 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 tough. <laughs> What's apathy sets in? It's all over with. Uh, mybookie.ag brings you the burnout. Mybookie.ag code next round when you sign up to get that sign-on bonus. Uh, also, that uh, for a limited time, a casino chip there in the mybookie casino next round gets you all of that. You can use it, and if you win, it is yours and yours forever. Just bet at one time uh, that sign-on bonus, and it becomes yours forever. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. Mybookie.ag code next round. That is mybookie.ag code next round. All right, as we look ahead, it is not a great week of college football. I mean, it is hard to find mm -hmm. the nuggets in this week of college football. But one that I find really interesting is Florida playing host to Tennessee. And yeah. growing up, you know, when I was a teenager, this was the most meaningful SEC game for a very, very long time. You know, it sure. became Alabama-LSU. Uh, but, but before Alabama-LSU, for all you youngs out there, Florida-Tennessee was it. And this was such a critical game that you couldn't lose to get back in the national championship. And they used to right. play it like week three every year. And the loser would just be done with their national championship pursuit. Well, here we go. It is week three again. It is not quite do or die. 
But Tennessee is at Florida, 6 o'clock ESPN. This feels like a massive moment for Billy Napier. You had a rough year, year one. You have a rough opener against Utah. If you lose to Tennessee, it could snowball on you for Napier. Maybe not cost him his job, but he's going to hear a lot about it. But if you could get this win, this is a top 15 win. You're beating a rival, and maybe it feels like the worms turned a little bit for him. And more importantly, it's a situation where Tennessee, I don't think, has won in Gainesville in 20 years. If, if it's, I, it's, I think it's, it's twice like since, since 1970. I think it's twice since 1970, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. They've met every single year since 1990. Tennessee won uh, 38-33 last season for the, just the second win in the past 18 meetings, but they're looking for its first win since 2003 in Gainesville, right? It's I mean, crazy. that's that's crazy. And that there, that's one of those deals where if you're a Florida fan, you're right. There's a lot of opportunity. I don't even want to call it pressure, but there's more of an opportunity for Billy Napier to be like, listen, I know things aren't great. Hang tight. The Calvary's coming. We got good recruiting classes. And guess what? It, you know, deaf taxes in Tennessee still doesn't beat us here in, in our own in the swamp, right? But you lose that game. And even worse, if all of a sudden, which I think could potentially happen, if Tennessee comes in there and it's a 34 to 14 type game and the offense looks stagnant and they run the ball really well, which I think Tennessee can actually do. I think Tennessee is more of a rushing team than they are a throwing team this year. Um, then, buddy, that's 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 tough to swallow if you're leaving the swamp and it ends up being a double-digit victory. I was kind of surprised. I mean, I'm sure my bookie has it, but what do you think the line of that game was? If you already, already have it? Well, I, I saw, you know, it's kind of weird. I saw, like, Circus Sports is one of the first point spreads I see. They had it at four. Uh, it opened at Tennessee favored four. I checked earlier. MyBookie.ag, I think, has it at seven right now. Lance told me he thought he had right. seen it as high as nine and a half. So it seems like it's all over the board. Uh, but mybookie.ag had it at seven, so Tennessee a touchdown favorite going in there. Yeah, and I mean, I, you know, I first my first knee jerk reaction was that I thought the line would come in at like ten and a half, maybe yeah. even more for Tennessee. Um, and it depends. I haven't seen any of the injuries and injury kind of reports, or you know, over the last couple of day, uh, hours or so. But um, yeah, I mean, this is a monster thing. I mean, Tennessee looks different. You know, Tennessee the passing attack they just. It's not, I don't think, necessarily Milton um, as far as him being, you know, inaccurate because, I mean, you know, the arm strength is all, already there. But it's just like they're they're not putting him in a position the same way that they trusted Hinton Hooker to be in that position. Now, how much are you going to show against Austin P? I I have no idea. Um, but I, 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 I still think that Tennessee wins that game by, by I think, two touchdowns, frankly. Ooh. Ooh, that's a tough night for <laughs> Napier's big night is what it says right. That is a tough night for Billy Napier if that happens. But, you know, I, it's kind of – they're the reverse of Texas. So, Texas week one plays Rice, and everybody's like, ooh, did you see Texas against Rice? Mm-hmm. I mean, they couldn't do anything. And then you watch Texas at Alabama, and you're like, yeah, uh, Sark was thinking ahead there. He was showing nothing against Rice. Yeah. And Tennessee, you know, against Virginia, I watched it, and I'm like, okay, all right, they're not they're not going to miss a ton without Hinton Hooker. It is, like you said – it's maybe a little different offense, but they still had some yeah. pop against Virginia. And then, as you said earlier, against Austin P, they did not look good. They only won that game by 17. They only scored 30 points on Austin P. And you wonder how much of that was Josh Heupel saying, all right, we're, we're going to just go out there. We're not going to get anybody hurt. We're going to go through the motions. We're going to get past this game. We know what we've got. I think it's a vanilla play call. I also yeah. think, too, 
I mean, like I know, like I wasn't enthused to watch Tennessee Austin P. Like I'm, I'm not, as oh, a fan, no. and I love college football, right? And so I sit there and I go, how much? If you're a Tennessee fan, are you like, God, I cannot wait to play against Tennessee? I like, does it have the same amount of of your interest? And I know that's listen, all football players are going to be locked in. You have to be right. I mean, like you're competitive, but. <clears throat> I still don't think you're at, on razor's edge the way they will be coming up this weekend against Florida. And I just want to see it. I, I would love to see what that crowd looks like. And when they do the Tom Petty thing at the start of the fourth quarter, right? Are there going to be empty seats or is this place going to be rocking? Cause like you said, as, as teenagers and kids growing up, man, this, this freaking rivalry was oh. every bit as good as yeah, Bama man. LSU or, you know, Georgia, Florida, any of this stuff. Yeah, I, I think I remember it. I couldn't remember this wrong, but I think you're going to correct. You're correct up at this. This was the first game, not the first game I ever watched in 4K. I don't think, or high depth, not 4K, but high depth. But I remember um, I was in a store somewhere, and they were playing. I don't know why I wasn't home. I'm trying to remember why I wasn't at home watching this on my standard definition TV. But this game was on, and it was a CBS primetime game. And it was in high def on the, and it was the first. I was like, "Wow, that looks amazing!" And it was just, I felt, I felt like I was at the game. And I remember CBS had it prime time. I'm like, okay, so CBS could show games at night. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. All right, that's a cool way, We'll get some SEC night games. It made me throw up in my mouth last week when I heard CBS using the oh. CBS college football yeah. intro. Dun, 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 oh, yeah. dun, dun, dun. And it was like Rutgers versus oh. Illinois, and oh. I was like. Oh, yes. Let's have some respect for that great song. I mean, it is, it is a great song. Let's don't, you, let's, let's don't water it down with Rutgers and Northwestern, please. I talked to ESPN uh, execs a while back, and I was like, can we can we offer a trade? I like, know. literally, like, what can we yeah. do? Um, but l- listen, it was it, CBS. Uh, like that, That's their that's, – yeah. uh, I'm Pavlovian when it comes to that song, and oh. it sucks that it's going to be a part of the Big Ten now. I agree, because it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel yeah. right. I did think it was interesting near the Bama-Texas game how much of the a new era in SEC football starts next year. I mean, that was a heavy promo at the early part of that game um, for the ESPN uh, SEC sure. merger heading forward. Yeah. I, I And I joked around about it on Twitter, just trying to have a little bit of fun because nobody understands sarcasm on Twitter. I go, they don't, like, they don't. listen, like we all understand that Bama let – Texas win that game, right? Like fully, like, I mean, follow the money, people. This was about Alabama letting Texas win. So they get more television revenue next year because, you know, Alabama can still make the college football playoff and be in the SEC championship game if they win out. This was, you know, Saban helping out Sark and and all this stuff. And it's amazing how many people got in my Twitter mentions going, I – you really think that happened? I was like, oh, dear Lord. <laughs> like, this is the greatest IQ test of all time. So, I mean, people, because I'm, I'm with you, I, I sarcasm is my love language. So, you know, I try to use it on Twitter, and people just don't get it. People are like, you need a sarcasm front, and I'm like, front, fine. And I'm like, no, 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 no. no. I want no. to reward people that understand it. I don't want to right. dumb it down. Yeah, I was like, was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? No, no, no it absolutely wasn't. <laughs> I said the Germans. I was like, oh, Lord. Okay. Right. Yes. You know, watch a movie every now and then. Uh, the burnout presented by MyBookie.ag. Code next round. When you go to MyBookie.ag, get that sign-on bonus. And for a limited time, a chill for the MyBookie Casino. MyBookie.ag. Code next round. MyBookie.ag. Code next round. All right, let's wrap it up with talking about the SEC West, which seems about as wide open uh, as ever. I thought about us doing a power ranking. That's going to get too convoluted and complicated. 
So yep. let's just run through it and, and just get a quick thought on where you think these teams are heading. We've talked a lot about Alabama. I think yep. we've got to feel there. Let's do this alphabetically. Alphabetically, Auburn. They're two and zero, oh, but yep. that was about as ugly a win as you're going to get. The win at Cal. Yeah, it was survive. Literally survive in advance. It was you know when you don't have it, your you know your golf game and you're just trying to break eighty. You're like, okay, I got it underneath eighty. That was that was all it is, and <laughs> that, that's why I, I expect there's going to be a lot of growing. Um, pains but I will tell you this I think it was a really important win to have one of those like ugly grinded out I don't know how the hell we won those games right uh, moments when it's on a road trip right yeah. if it happens at home I don't think you get the same thing but like when you're exhausted it's 4 a.m you're looking at each other like holy hell how did it's like getting caught up in a shootout and somehow you, you you're like how did we survive that right and like <laughs> and, and like in the movies and you're like oh man I can't believe that and it's like a bonding experience so um, I still think that Auburn ultimately might end up being the worst team uh, in the SEC West, but I still think that obviously we just showed that, you know, they're still pretty good. It's just, I think the rest of the SEC West is a little bit ahead of them right now. I said alphabetically, I'm showing off my Jacksonville state education because I jumped Auburn in front of Arkansas. So let's talk Arkansas. They get a, you know, they get a big challenge. They get a big challenge against BYU. Well, I say a big challenge against BYU. BYU has been, they, they struggled a little bit against Sam Houston State. They played Southern Utah, which I don't know what you learned from that. We haven't seen Arkansas get challenged yet. Yeah. This is a really interesting game. Head to head with that Florida-Tennessee game, 6.30 ESPN2. I do think we'll know more about Arkansas after this one because BYU, is, it's kind of a brand. You know, it's you know Kalani Sataki likes to play a physical style of football. This was a yeah. good game last year. We'll learn Arkansas this week. I think we'll know a little bit about Sam Pittman's group. Yeah, the, the problem is I don't think we'll see Rocket Sanders again. This will yeah. be two weeks in a row that he's gone, you know, not going to be available to play. And that's that's the troubling aspect of it. And so it, it feels like it needs to be a K.J. Jefferson takeover game, which he's fully aware or fully capable of doing. Um, but, again, I, I can't look at Arkansas in the same light of as an Alabama or even an LSU right now until I see Rocket Sanders, you know, be 100 percent healthy, not just play. But I'm talking about like be the difference maker, because I think he's one of the him and KJ are the most dynamic duo um, in college football when they're healthy. All right. Let's talk about the Mississippis. Um, we'll start with Ole Miss. You referenced that game earlier, that final yeah. score. It was a crazy in the game sequence for them. Mm -hmm. It covers up that that was a really tight game at Tulane. Now, our Ole Miss fans will say, wait a minute, that yeah. was a top 25 Tulane team. It was. It was also a Tulane team starting their backup quarterback. Right. Uh, and, and Ole Miss struggled to run the football, which you know drives Lane Kiffin crazy because he's one of the best run game coaches in America. Yeah, and I, that was that was the issue. I like When they started leaning on him a little bit late, you felt like, okay, this is more of an SEC um, roster wearing down Tulane. But, again, the fact that they couldn't do it right off the bat, and I think a lot of it has to do with Trey Harris. You know, Trey Harris has become their Laquan Treadwell, right? Their A.J. Brown, like their dude. And when, he, you know, he had that early touchdown pass but then got injured, um, he didn't return because I think it was cautionary. Like, he's kind of the, the engine that makes Quinshawn and the rest of that rushing attack go. Like, they struggled until they could find uh, somebody else. So, um I still think that they're they're in pretty good shape. And Jackson Dart showed to me like so much damn moxie in that game. Yeah. Like fourth and four, they needed a play, and he kept answering the bell. So I, I've been really impressed for how he's progressed over since spring, honestly. Uh, it was on your network. You were in studio there. Uh, State playing Arizona. Yep. Weird game. Yeah, yeah, it was a very strange game because you get the win in overtime. They never could put away Arizona and Jaden Delara, the Arizona quarterback, who's a really talented player. 
But I, I tell you what worries me about if I'm a state fan, you're plus five in turnovers that still have to go overtime to win that game. I know it's a win, yeah. and I'm going to celebrate yeah. a win any time. But then I look at it, and I'm like, boy, if we're plus five in turnovers against Arizona, we really don't need to be in overtime. Yeah, and I think they're still trying to find out their identity with yeah. Barbe's offense, right? I mean, you see Will Rogers, you know, what only only attempted, I think, like 17 or 18 passes. So they just – I don't still think they have the personnel to fully go to the, the, the offense that they want to right now. So it's almost like a transition year. But, again, I like Zach Arnett, man. I don't know if you heard him, you know, dropping the F-bomb. Oh, I did, yes. Right yes. Afterwards. yes. And it just – like you pull for guys in sports and I don't have any vested interest in state or vested interest in Zach Arnett as a, as, as a person. I don't really know him and his background, you know, coming from New Mexico, but like I look at him and I'm like, okay, I like this guy because it feels like one of us gets an opportunity to be a head coach and he's just, he's going after it. So I'm, I'm, he's the everyman, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A really, really interesting game for state and LSU. It's LSU's first, you know, you, you, they play Grambling. I, you know, you're not going to learn a ton from that. It's really their first big test mm-hmm. since yeah. Florida State. That's an 11 o'clock ESPN game um, straight out of game day. So I think we – obviously, you're going to learn a lot about uh, both teams in that one. Um, early matchup at the Southeastern Conference, but I think a fascinating one there in Starkville. Yeah, I think it helps LSU that it's a 11 a.m. kickoff as opposed to, you know, a, a mid-afternoon or a, yeah. a, a night game. I mean, just, you know – the Listen, the cowbells will ring, but it's just something different over Davis Wade over at night. Um, I like this kid, Logan Diggs, the running back that, you know, for that LSU. He showed some glimpses. He wasn't available in week one. Mason Smith back. I, I think that the Harold Perkins turning him into a linebacker experiment is all but done. And so oh, I good. think now, you know, I, I'm hoping. Yeah. Um, but I think for the second straight week, they're like, let's just see what we have here. And at some point, you got to let the Ferrari fly. And I, I think that's going to be a big change that we'll see coming up for LSU's defense. If I were holding your family hostage and you had to correctly predict either the eventual West winner or the team that finished last in the West to release your family from bondage, which one do you think you would go with right now? Do you think you'd try to pick the winner or the team that finished dead last? Uh, I would probably pick the team that would finish dead last. And I'm going to say wow. that's Auburn. And no offense to Auburn, but I just think that I, I, I just don't see – Peyton Thorne being that dude, and then outside of what's a kid, um, gosh, Eugene. Uh, Asante. Oh, Asante, he, he played yeah, he an was, amazing game. So, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, I just don't think they have those playmakers that I think that they kind of they'll struggle. Um, but I'm still pretty confident that Alabama wins wins the West. I mean, I, I they look the part in in a bunch of different ways um, that you know, frankly, I didn't see from LSU even against Florida State. So, um, and then A&M is just, A&M. who the hell knows? You know, A&M is A&M. <laughs> All right, mybookie.ag code next round brings you the burnout. Mybookie.ag code next round. Get that sign-on bonus when you sign up. Also, for a limited time, a chip you could use in the MyBookie Casino. Make sure you use code next round. No bet anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie.ag code next round. Also, lanceslike.com for all the plays coming off another winning weekend in football. He'll continue that with Monday night games, Thursday night games, all the weekend football, daily, weekly, monthly, season-long packages right now at lanceslike.com. And also, thank you to roback.com. TNR20 for 20% off your uh, initial order there at roback.com. All right, Bernsey, have another good week of football. We'll see you next Monday. See you, buddy.